Let's open the Word of God together, but before we do that, let's ask God to uh, help us to see what He wants us to see and to hear what He wants us to hear. Father, you are a God who speaks. You speak through your word and you speak through your spirit. You have spoken through Jesus. And as we meet together today, I ask that you would give us ears to hear what you have to say to us. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes to receive what you have to say. Spirit, guide us into truth. And as we look at your word, form us more into the image of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I don't know if you have ever had that experience. I'm sure you've had that experience of talking with a person but after a while, as you are in a conversation or whatever, in a situation, you realize, I don't think this person is actually listening to what I have to say. Maybe they're giving those verbal uh-huhs or they're looking at you, but at some point in the conversation, you realize, I don't think this person is actually listening. I don't think this person is actually hearing what I have to say. They're not understanding the, the message that you're giving or, or really taking in what, what it is that you have to say. When our son, we have one son, um, when he was in grade four, and one of, his, his, one of the teachers in his school was a good friend of ours. We went to the same church together, and our son was not in her class and, um, but several of his friends were in, in her class. And one day, our friend Jackie realized that things in the classroom had gotten a little out of control, that she needed to have one of those talks with her students to remind them of what the rules are, how we behave in the classroom, how we treat one another, and just basic rules of respect and regard for each other. And, and she was giving them this very, very stern talk. And at the end of that talk, she, she, and they were all just listening to her, and she thought they were paying attention to every word she had to say. And at the end of the talk, she said, does anybody have any questions? And one boy raised his hand, Thomas's good friend Spencer, our son's name is Thomas, and his good friend Spencer raised his hand and she said, yes, Spencer, what's your question? He looked at her and he said, Mrs. Colomb, has anybody ever told you, you look just like Thomas Kimber's mother? And all the kids said, you know, you're right. I've been thinking about that while she's talking. She reminds me of something. She looks just like Thomas Kimber's mother. And Jackie said, I realized in that moment they hadn't heard a word I said. They were all just very concerned about the, the realization of this truth. I look just like Sue Kimber. And she said, I realized, oh, forget it. This is, this is hopeless. And they just went back to class, and she said that talk was completely wasted. 
My wife and I were missionaries in China for nine years, and so the first couple years we lived in China, we were in language school together, and the two of us would meet with one teacher every morning for a few hours and just learn language. And this one day when we were studying Chinese, the teacher slid across the table to me uh, a paragraph and said, I want you to read this paragraph, all written, of course, in Chinese characters. And so I got through reading that paragraph. It wasn't easy. My reading wasn't very good ever. It's hopeless now, but it wasn't ever very good. And so I read through the paragraph, and at the end of that, she said to me, okay, tell me what that means. And I said to her, I know every word in that paragraph, but I couldn't tell you exactly what it means. Understanding meaning, when you put all those things together, I realized, yes, I know those words. I know what this word means, and this word means, and this word means. But when you put them together, what is the meaning of the? I had no idea. That was eluding me. And it reminds me that sometimes we can hear something, but we don't really grasp the meaning of what we're hearing. One more story before I look at our passage. My wife and I had a friend in the States named Priscilla. Priscilla was an introvert. She was a woman of very few words. You didn't have long conversations with Priscilla. One of Priscilla's best friends was a lady who lived down the street whose name was Miriam. Now, Miriam was just the opposite of Priscilla. Miriam could talk a lot. And she would sometimes talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And one day, as Priscilla was doing her housework, and I think she was ironing clothes or something like that, and the phone rang, and so she picked up the phone, and it was Miriam. And Miriam just started talking and talking and talking. And Priscilla was listening, and she realized at some point, I've got work to do. I have more to do than to just sit here and listen to Miriam go on and on and on and on and on about whatever. And so she put the phone down and she went back to her ironing and every once in a while she'd go over and pick up the phone, uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, and she'd put the phone down and then she would go back about her business and she'd pick up the phone, yeah, mm-hmm, and then, yep, she's still talking. And at one point as she was doing her ironing, there's a knock on the door. And she goes to the door and opens the door, and there's Miriam standing at her front door. And she said, Priscilla, you're not listening to me. Priscilla looked at her and said, Miriam, you just talk too much, and I have work to do. And that's that. Sometimes I wonder how often God is speaking to us. But because we're too busy, too involved in our own business, too distracted by other things, do we really take time to listen to what he has to say? God is speaking. Are we paying attention? Or do we take the time to try and understand what the meaning is behind that paragraph of speech? Do we get the meaning, not just the words. Are we really paying attention? 
In Luke chapter 8, Jesus tells a parable, a simple story using the, the common elements of life right around him. Jesus is always responding to the situation they're in, and it's easy to picture he's telling a story where there's probably this event happening right in front of them, and he simply responds to what is happening in the area. He tells a simple story with a deeper spiritual meaning. Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 4. And if you have your Bible, turn and listen as we read this. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said, to, said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him pay attention. Let him receive and, and truly understand what I have to say. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. And the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for, the, for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. We find this same parable in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark as well, and, and when we put them all together, we, we gain some even deeper insights to the story. So I'll draw a little bit from those two, two Gospels as well, because they don't all exactly have the full picture, so we get three different accounts to give us a, a larger understanding of what's going on here. And Mark captures something at the beginning of his telling of this parable that, that I find intriguing. He begins, tells the story exactly the same way, but he begins with one word that I think really gives us a clue as to the meaning of the parable. And that word is listen. 
Pay attention. I'm going to tell you a story. Listen to what I have to say. And that gives us some insight into the meaning of the parable. When our son was very young, when he was just a a little guy, he would sometimes want to make sure that he had our attention when he had something to say. And he would get close and he would grab me by the cheeks and he'd say, Daddy, look in my face. I have something to say to you. Don't be distracted. Don't look away. And he'd pull us in nice and close like this. And that's exactly what what I picture when Jesus begins this story in Mark. It's Jesus pulling them close and saying, listen to what I have to say. I have something to tell you. Don't be distracted. Don't look away. Listen as I tell this story. And that's exactly how Mark begins the story. And all of them have this same phrase here here in verse 8. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear what I have to say. And these two commands give us a clue as to what the parable is all about. Listen. Hear what I have to say. Pay attention to, to this story. And Jesus uses a very common scene to teach important kingdom truth. This is is an agricultural society. And so he uses a a story that's that's based on what they see around them. Just walk around your neighborhood. What would Jesus tell parables about today? Well, just look around outside and, you know, there's the beach that's not far away. And there's, there are shopping centers, there are houses, there are streets, whatever. That's what Jesus would use today to, to tell stories, this, the things in the neighborhood. Well, that's a, this is a, a story of something in the neighborhood, so he draws on that. And here's a man sowing in his field, and within this field, there are four different kinds of soil. Notice there is no difference in the sower. It's the same person. There's no difference in the seed. It's the same seed. No, con- no changes in the conditions of the weather or anything else. The only variable is the kind of soil that the seed lands in. And in this story, we are reminded of two very basic truths. First, we are reminded that God speaks. God speaks. God has a voice, and that voice has been heard throughout time, throughout history. From the very beginning of the world, God has spoken. The very first words of Genesis remind us, record these words, that God has a voice. And God said, let there be. And there was light, heaven, earth, Water, plants, humans, animals. And over time, God spoke to people, to Abraham, to Moses, to the patriarchs, to, through the prophets. And he has spoken to us most eloquently through Jesus. And the psalmist reminds us that the heavens declare the glory of God and the earth shows forth his handiwork and God speaks in words and God speaks in creation and God speaks to each of us. But we also discover from this parable that we have the capacity to hear 
to receive, to understand when God speaks. He has created us with the ability to perceive and to receive that which he speaks. In this parable, we see that hearing is not a capacity of the ears. Seeing is not a capacity of the eyes. Truly hearing and truly, truly seeing is a, is a capacity of the heart. I love this little dress-up reminder. Yeah, what are we putting in the heart? That's what matters. And so verses 9 and 10 unlock the meaning of this parable. They unlock the meaning of all the parables. And notice here in verse 4 that Jesus addresses a crowd, but in verse 9, only a few come to ask him what the parable means. Just a few of them, not the, not the whole crowd. A few people seek understanding to his teaching. Just as the sower sows seed in, in, four different ki- in all these different kinds of soil, only one produces fruit. Jesus teaches a large crowd, but only a few seek understanding. And so Jesus explains that the parables are about the kingdom of God. And to explain his meaning, he, he quotes Isaiah 6, 9, a passage that describes Israel's unbelief. Why could the people no longer hear? Because their hearts were dull. It was a condition of the heart. Their hearts are dull, therefore seeing they don't see, and hearing they don't hear, because their heart is hardened. It doesn't receive what is is being spoken. Those who listen with open hearts will discover the truths of the kingdom. Hearing and receiving is a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of intellect. It's a matter of the heart receiving what is spoken. So if we're going to receive and understand Jesus' teaching, we have to approach with open hearts as well as open eyes and open minds and open ears. So Jesus gives the definitive explanation here. He says, it's all in the nature of the soils. It's in the nature of the heart that receives. And the first soil is the impenetrable soil, the hardened heart. It's the soil along the side of the field packed down by foot traffic and and animal carts. It's just like throwing seed out there on the pavement in the middle of the road. It's not going to take root. It just bounces on the ground and it literally becomes bird food. The birds come in, they eat it, they take it away. But notice here in verse 12, the devil comes and takes it. Mark says, Satan comes and takes it. And that simple phrase is so important. It re, it, we have to see that the act of sowing and the act of, 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 uh, of receiving and hearing the word is a spiritual battle. That we have an enemy that does not want us to hear the word. 
We have to be aware of that, that it's not just a matter of my own disposition. It is a matter that there is an enemy who does not want us to receive and puts up barriers. We have to be reminded, as C.S. Lewis says, that every split second, every moment is being claimed by Satan and counterclaimed by God. So the moment we enter into prayer, the moment we open God's Word, entertain a spiritual thought, we have stepped into a spiritual battlefield, and the enemy will do everything he can to prevent us from receiving that Word and allowing it to penetrate our hearts. What does a hardened heart look like? It's a heart that is bent on its own way. It's it's unteachable. The Bible talks a lot about the dangers of pride and arrogance and self-satisfaction because these are all indicators of a heart that refuses to listen. Sadly, in Jesus' day, those with the hardest hearts are those who are most deeply set in their religious traditions. It reminds me of the importance of maintaining a humility and an openness and an attentiveness to to the voice of God and the voice of other people? Do we listen to others? Do we listen to ourselves as we listen to God? The second kind of soil, the shallow, infertile soil, the insincere heart. The second soil, the the seed actually penetrates a little bit. There there is some hearing. There is some kind of response, but it it doesn't last. Beginning of the year is often a time when we see the latest diet, the latest fad, the latest this or that coming along. We are people who love fads, the latest fashion, the the new diet that's really going to do the trick this time, and we jump from one fad to the next, one fashion to the next, one diet to the next. We just skip from fad to fad to fad. I see those so often in spiritual context, people who hear a compelling message and they instantly raise their hand and say, yes, I want to be a missionary. Yes, I want to do this. Yes, I want to do this. Well, a week later, something else comes along and diverts their attention. This is why I rarely, I have never pressed for immediate responses to a message, to a question. I usually tell people, I want you to go away and think about this and then come back to me. Because if people will change their mind in an instant, they'll change it back in an instant. Now think about it, and then let's come back and talk about it. These are people, Jesus says, who believe for a while, but there comes a time when that belief will be tested. One of the observations I've made in this past year, which has been a year of significant testing for all of us, is that Many of us don't really have an adequate understanding of the importance of a test of suffering, of pain and trials. We just want to get through it and get out of it and get on to the other side. But what is this time of testing exposing in us? How are we discovering the deeper truths of God and and His presence during this difficult season? 
These are the kinds of questions that, as Jesus says here, that will deepen our roots as we go through a time of testing and say, God, where are you in this? Not just how do I get through it and get out of it, but demonstrate the full sincerity of our faith. There's a third kind of soil, the, the weedy soil, the, the distracted heart. Jesus talks about seed that takes root among the weeds and it bears no fruit. Well, why? Because the thorns and the weeds choke it out. Jesus notes a number of those things here in verse 14. They hear the word, they go on their way, choked by the cares, the riches, the pleasures of life. Their fruit does not mature. We could add others, couldn't we? Some of those make sense to us. It's what I call the distracted heart. Not so much Jesus or this, but it's Jesus and. Jesus and riches. Jesus and my comfortable life. And the worry, the reality is that worry and anxiety and preoccupation with all of these things leads to a discontent that chokes the plant before it can bear any fruit. This is why as a teacher... I will often ask students to put away phones and computers in class. It is obvious to me who is sitting in my class truly paying attention and who is catching up on Facebook, watching YouTube videos. In some classrooms, I actually have a habit. I rarely just talk like this when I teach. I walk around, and it's an interesting thing. When I was teaching at a university in America before I came here, I would do this, I would walk up and down, and it's interesting how students would actually take their computers and turn them as I walked around. They would actually, like, do you think I'm stupid? I can't see what's on your screen, really? And I walked over to one student and I just put the screen down and I just kept talking the whole time. That's the distracted heart that Jesus is talking about. Am I putting away my screen? It's one of the things that concerns me about the time in which we're living. How many conversations have you had with a person where you had to compete with the screen of a cell phone? I wonder how many parables Jesus would teach about cell phones. There was a man who couldn't put away his phone and actually listen to what I had to say. Distracted. That's the distracted heart, choked out by the weeds, choked out by all these things. We live in a noisy world that has elevated distraction to an art form. And we try and justify it. We do everything we can to avoid silence and solitude and sitting quietly where we can truly listen to God's voice and receive his word. Oh, that's boring. The fourth soil, the hearing heart. He sums it all up in this simple way. The good soil are those who, hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. 
Jesus describes a different kind of hearing. It's a verb that describes a continual hearing. They go on listening. They go on hearing. They, rather than just a, a careless and inattentive hearing, they keep on hearing. They keep on listening. They keep on receiving. They keep on accepting with intentionality and honesty and sincerity. The genuine follower of Jesus is the one who hears the word, accepts it, and bears fruit. It's, it's the condition of the heart, open, receptive, and it drinks that in. To those hearts that are hard, the message of Jesus is gibberish and nonsense. To those whose hearts are shallow and insincere, in one ear and out the other, to those whose hearts are distracted, it is unfocused and it's just another option. But to those whose hearts are soft and open and receptive, Jesus' words are life and health and peace. But to hear well, we have to pull in close, sit quietly in the presence of Jesus. And I think it's the simplicity of the deeper spiritual life that makes it so hard. We want to make it harder than it really is. To what extent is my voice really open to the voice of, my, my heart open to the voice of God? What's distracting me? What really gets my attention? God is speaking. Are we paying attention? Are we listening? Father, give us ears to hear what you have to say to us. Help us to truly pay attention to what kind of soil we are. By your Spirit, give us open and soft hearts to receive. In Jesus' name. Amen.